0: Welcome to The Recovering Perfectionist, where you'll learn all the hacks you need to get started and finished on your business or project. You'll connect with successful entrepreneurs who are in perfectionist rehab, unapologetically experimenting and balancing life, business, family, and me time. I'm your host and Chief Recovering Perfectionist, Claire Barton. Hi, Recovering Perfectionists, it's Claire Barton, your host, uh, and I'm here with Julie Gibbons today, who is so many different things. I've literally just said, so how do you want me to introduce you? And we kind of ended up chatting for 10 minutes about all the different <laughs> things. So yeah. um, Julie, as I know her, is in the space of branding and graphic design and presenting yourself in a way that's on message and on brand with what you do and who you are and what your business is all about and that sort of thing. But I'm going to hand over to Julie to tell us a little bit more about her in her own words, which will be much more articulate than my <laughs> version. So welcome, Julie. Thanks for coming on the show. No
1: worries, Claire. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, okay. So i was just like explain to Claire that I've just, I've got a long and complicated and very convoluted kind of history. Um <laughs> I um, started off doing a PhD, well I didn't actually start off doing a PhD, I did other things before that even. Um, I have got a PhD in fine arts and um, then when I left uni, um, uh, I came from a contemporary craft background, so I did jewellery and silversmithing and um, then I started lecturing in, wow. in beauty, in in design generally mm-hmm. and so, um, and then I started my Etsy shop in 2009 and um the more i hung around in the etsy space the more i realized that there were so many women doing beautiful things that had absolutely no idea on how to present themselves and i knew i could help them so that's that's kind of the, the short version of how i ended up doing branding
0: that's so interesting so like when i first came across you i totally got the canvas stuff and the graphic design and like i said someone recently um, mentioned you came up in conversation somewhere and someone said oh she's a uni lecturer as well and I had no idea so I was really interested to know um, about that and I've actually worked with quite a few people in the last few years who have been professional artists or super creative arts or um, craft makers and that sort of thing and I didn't know that about you so ironic that our um, paths have, have crossed and you mentioned silversmithing and what was the
1: other thing? Jewellery and silversmithing so, so can just, just contemporary craft in using metal really Amazing. So, yeah. so that's what your Etsy store was about? Um, no, no. <laughs> I, I started off doing the Etsy store because I, I had little, little baby kids. I had twin um, boys and a girl, so yeah. uh, I was really busy at home. And um, jewellery and silversmithing, like it uses acid and fire. It's probably mm-hmm. not real good to, to use with, you know. Not with, great. Around. So yeah, I have a, had a sewing machine with a sewing table. I'd pack, pack everything away, so I started just sewing. Yeah. Okay yeah what were you sewing um I still do sewing um I'm making um clothing um just uh, clothing and accessories from vintage fabrics
0: oh how cool oh that's really cool so um Etsy as you uh, mentioned before was kind of one of the I guess catalysts or you know your interaction was kind of the catalyst for the business as we know it today yeah um and you mentioned before that um, when you were going into there and people obviously have their own Etsy shops and they have this beautiful work and that sort of thing, but they weren't presenting it in a way that was on brand or appealing to their audience and that sort of thing. So tell us about that process and why that kind of stuck out for you and, and what happened to, you know, change the direction of what you were doing then or to add yeah. another direction to what you were doing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so many directions. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, listen, um, it started off because I decided just, you know, I did the Etsy store and then, I mean, I I admit myself that my my store was not, even though I had all this design knowledge, I really didn't have much of an idea of how to present myself online and have anything anything kind of cohesive. Um, But I started off writing about craft because it's a thing that I absolutely love, you know, anything to do with design its just something that I really love. So there was um, there was photography and, and illustration in there as well and a lot of contemporary craft and that was what I was writing a blog about that and that was when I kept on looking through all these Etsy stores. It wasn't just because I was going shopping a lot, it was because I was actually searching for people to feature on my blog. And, um, yeah, the more I looked, the more I realised that, um, yeah, there was a lot of women out there who had obviously, beautiful work they were very skilled makers, but they you know the the photographs were were disgusting, really they were terrible and and um you know there was no their descriptions, there was nothing there in how they wrote about their work, there was nothing about in on their about page or else said write something really generic that say, "Oh, I've always wanted to make stuff ever since I was a kid and and you know like <laughs> and like everybody says that yeah. so. Yeah, I, I thought, I can help them. So, mm. yeah, I started doing it.
0: I love it. So that was kind of the beginning, but I take it that was a few years ago and now you work with more than um, crafters and makers. So there's a wide variety of
1: online business women? Yeah, it's more um, to now that these days it's, it's probably, I guess, creativity generally, but um, people especially um there's a lot of healers the, pe- the people that i'm working with and i guess um i'm i'm still trying to figure out why that resonates with me but it does um and sometimes you just kind of um uh just go with the flow in, you know in terms of, of what comes to you and yeah. if it feels right you just you know go with it um Mm, I've lost all my train of thought now. <laughs> you were saying, I was saying um, that
0: you now work with more than just creatives and artists. That there's a yeah. variety.
1: So. yeah, uh, it is. It is quite a variety of people, and the, and what I'm doing with them too. And I, I really, because I understand from my personal experience of going through that process of getting. Looking good and sounding good and and um, you know getting something cohesive out there and and pointed in the right direction so that people know exactly what you're about and stuff that's my personal experience and so they're the sorts of people I'm targeting people in startups really people who are at the beginning of their journey they've kind of got a, they've got a pretty good idea of 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 what kind of thing that you know what kind of product or service they're selling, but in terms of how to um, you know present that cohesively is where they're struggling and they mm. you know yeah so they've they've already got the idea of, of what they want to do but they you know just need a bit of a hand to get them out there so mm. um i can help them you know I, I help them with all sorts of things from you know with the canva because you know because they're in startup they don't have a lot of fun so I'm helping them, you know, learn about all the, the free tools or the really cheap tools that they can help, you know, get them moving at least, and move them on to the next level. Mm. We, it's such
0: an interesting thing. Just to um, take a step back for a second, that you were saying, you know, when you're in startup, that you kind of have a bit of an idea about your direction and a bit of an idea about it, like your purpose and maybe what your services are going to look like or your products and your why and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it is such a big jump going from working out what that is for yourself to actually presenting it in a cohesive way for your audience. Like um, we chatted recently to Melinda Kiddo about uh, brand storytelling and um, that personal core message and how to actually get that to come across in everything that you do because, you know, a lot of people have either come from um, a corporate background and so we accidentally fall into this really professional, super corporate language that Mm -hmm. we use or even Mm -hmm. our images Mm -hmm. and our logos and our, everything and it's so and then you get on the phone with someone or onto you know a meeting with someone and you think oh it's not what I was expecting because you know their actual voice is very different and I think it's the same like you were saying there's so many elements that um and I know you've said before when we've um when we've chatted in in outlines or things that I know about you that um it's um it can be really tricky to kind of get your head around the fact that your brand and your voice and your tone and your style and your message isn't just your logo. Don't
1: think, get me started um, on logos. Yeah,
0: I know, right? But I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it where I thought, well, I can't have a business without a logo. Yeah. And a few of my very first clients were very successful people who still didn't have a logo and they'd been in business for years. Yeah. And just knowing that and, and not having someone go, well, I've got a successful business and I don't have a logo and me going, yeah, right but actually mm. I knew the inside of inner you know, workings of their business and I knew that they were actually doing really well, really kind of started to shift some things and, you know, talking to people like Emma Weiss who was on the show earlier and, um, and you know, learning from yourself and, you know, there's like a lot of people who have some sort of niche in the branding world and I literally thought branding is what colours you use and your logo and maybe mm. phone, but that's kind of where my knowledge of it ended. Mm. Um, believe it or not, I actually studied graphic design for a year at uni. Um, a long time ago. There you go.
1: I didn't know that about you either. There you go. I am.
0: I was telling tell someone about this the other day. I have started three degrees and finished none of them, but I've got five diplomas. So I'm definitely better with short term. Quick outcome stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, yeah, one of the things I did was graphic design. It was a complete failure, to be perfectly honest. But now (laughs) that I'm um, into, you know, Canva, and, like, Canva is my playground. But we'll come back to that in a second. Um, But, yeah, I think for startups and even for more established businesses who are maybe moving online from um, a clinical or in-person situation to a more online model... Um, I think that is one of the biggest lessons. And every time I talk to someone about this, I keep kind of saying, oh, I wish I knew you when I first started out or, oh, I wish I knew this when I first started my business. Um, and even though I'm, I'm a big advocate for it was part of the process, I needed to learn it. Like the, the logo I've got now is so outdated and so not me anymore mm, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I started in a place where I thought I was going in one direction and I ended up going in a completely different direction, which yeah. is exactly perfect and what needed to happen. Um, but it really is that whole um, education about the difference between brand and branding and that your brand isn't just your logo and your colours. It's like how you talk and it's what your website looks like and it's how you show up online and in
1: Facebook. Mm, it's, it's everything. It's so much. It's you know, like everything. Yeah, it's everything. How you dress. like yeah. oh, so much so much yeah, yeah. especially like we, you know most of the in fact all the people i deal with they're all um you know they're solo women so you know um it's very much about that personal branding like it's what you wear how you present yourself how you how you talk how you what you write it's like every single touch point anything that wherever you see your your you know yourself online or your um your brand online that's that's you know where your audience interacts with you Whatever they see of you, that's your brand. And it all adds up to a complete picture. And I just want to throw in there that, you know, if you're not branding yourself, it's a great quote I found from somewhere, if you're not branding yourself, rest assured that others are doing it for you. So Mm -hmm. if you can control what you're putting out there, Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, you're way ahead. You're actually, you know, putting together something, presenting something that's uh, much more cohesive than if you just, Um, chuck stuff around I don't know you know what I mean it's just like yeah I do no mm. that's it's actually a really cool um lesson a really
0: cool sort of thing to live by and obviously we are the recovering perfectionists, so we are definitely prone to you know getting that right and not having um not losing control over that sort of thing so I think that's really good um no letting go of control but there definitely needs to be a an element of you knowing what you're talking about to give other people the confidence to talk about you how you want to be talked about not to have a guess. You know, there's so it's it's a really interesting conversation, one that I completely love having and hearing people's different points of view about things as simple as your your title. And I know I personally agonized over this for months and I still do kind of in terms of like what do I call myself? And you know, everyone said, Don't worry about what you call yourself. It's fine. You don't need a title. Um, and some people say just make it really boring and generic so everyone knows what you're talking about. And then there's the other camp that says make it something interesting that provokes questions. And, you know, I'm not really sure where I sit on any time I change it. And, you know, pretty much every time I introduce myself, I've got a different tagline or a different title. But I'm much clearer on my core message and on like what I want people to get from working with me so um Mm. something that i've you know when i and i teach obviously content strategy and and the first part of that is your core message whether that comes first or it comes after you've nailed exactly what your content is and what you want people to understand but when i first started um looking at my core message i think i had about five core messages and it was pretty blase and they were probably like a short essay each and you know, very inarticulate and unsisting. Yeah. Like yeah. I just want everyone to know that they can have their cake and eat it too and I want everyone to know that they don't have to pick it I want everyone to know like all these kind of massive things.
1: Yeah, sure, oh, sure. <laughs> oh, we are all so guilty of that. I just I oh, And it's the thing because, you know, as an as a teacher, like I, I just want everybody to know everything. I've got mm. so much knowledge. I just want to give all of it to everybody. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I have no, yeah, like when you do that, you just, there's so much broadness is like it's, it's so unfocused and just less. everything gets lost then but yeah. back to um back to people who are starting up you know i just the thing is yes yes please try and control what you put out in the world yeah. But in terms of having to go professional and spend lots of money, don't do that. When no. you're starting out, yeah. and like you were saying, like we've all changed directions as our businesses have grown and, and um, you know, we've all got clearer on, on who we're serving and, and what we want to put out in the world. Our branding, like our whole brand has changed as well. And so when you're starting out, you've got a, you know, you've got a reasonable idea of what direction you want to go And as for the branding, just choose something and run with it. It's like, yeah, just um, pick some colours. There's plenty of places, free places to go and find a a pre-made colour palette. Go and choose a couple of fonts. Just run with it. And um, if you, especially when you're starting and then like as you get clearer, then you'll go, Oh, that actually doesn't feel right anymore and it's time to change. Hmm. Karen, this is another one of my favorite quotes is from Karen Gunton who oh, yeah. said, it's not a tattoo. It's not it's not yeah. stuck on, it's not, yeah. it's not, you know, casting concrete. It's, you know, it's yeah. quite changeable. So just grab something and run with it. Because the thing with branding is about trying to create something recognizable and consistently recognizable so that people know that it's exactly you whenever they see anything like you know everybody probably knows that i love flowers by now mm-hmm. and lots of color so um yeah everything i put out has gotten got that feel to it yeah, yeah so just just so, pick, pick something to go with it so is consistency better than getting it right i think to start off with yeah i think consistency is um, is much better it, you're trying to build up recognition. As I said, you got to that point where you've. But then you really feel like it's not right, uh, then you can change. Yeah. But the thing is also that when you just pick something and run with it, um, the, the tighter your parameters, the more inventive you get with those totally. things. And it's, it's yeah. like having a blank canvas. If you're confronted with a blank canvas and you can have anything you like, people do one of two things. They go crazy and make a mess or else they stick to something really timid and conservative. Mm. And that is so true across any kind of field of creativity. And so if you want to do, you know, um, get with your branding, uh, just, just choose something and stick with it. And you have those parameters and that will make you be inventive with it. And also... It'll create create that consistency because you know you're building into that no like trust thing
0: exactly
1: and yeah um it's just it's yeah just just it's like a pair of jeans like if you buy a new pair of jeans and you put them on and you think hey they're all right they kind of fit okay but it's not until you've worn them for you know three months six months a year you just go they are my favorite jeans and I love them to bits yeah so it's just like pick something and go with it.
0: Yeah, and by which stage they're a slightly different shape and a slightly different colour and a slightly different <laughs> yeah. tightness. Than, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more and I, I did mm. exactly what you said. I So I had my logo designed by uh, a friend and I loved it. It was, you know, the right colours and everything at the time and then I literally picked um, a colour palette. So one of my favourite things that I'm always showing people is that, I don't know, it's was called 100 color combinations from canberra or something like that yeah yeah so i I had my five colors five colors believe it or not it's down to like two now so yeah we're, we're good but it was five, and they were everywhere. And like you said, it just gave me some boundaries, so I wasn't also agonising every time I went to
1: design something. That's exactly like, it too. You you waste a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> you waste so much time if you go into Canva and you know, which font will I choose today? Oh my god, what colour do I want? And then you yeah. spend hours on the colour wheel because it's, it's a <laughs> it's a pretty pretty awful colour picker. I must I must say you mm. can't you can't tweak it very easily. Like it's you know it's it's pretty imprecise. Is what I mean. I'm okay. getting at there. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, you shifted a millimeter and you, you changed things completely. Yes. Um so yeah, I mean you can put your hex codes in. So if you have your hex codes you can put them in canvas. So that's yeah. that's a that's a good thing. And yeah. 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 Cool. All right. So let's talk about Canva just quickly, because
0: I sure. do love talking about Canva and I know you do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Canva, like I said, I literally studied graphic design for, I think it might have only been a six month um, unit that I did on specifically on graphic design, but it was about 10 years ago. And it was back in the day of CS, whatever it was called, creative suite, something, something. Yep. My computer was so like uh, um, antique that it wouldn't take it. So I ended up having to do all my graphic design by hand, which was a disaster in and of itself. And um, I've always sort of thought of myself as quite artsy. I, you know, I did really well at art in school and I did lots of life drawing and I was totally into all the creative stuff. And then I went to uni the first time for the first one and um, did psychology and <laughs> kind of went completely right brain or whatever. Um, And then since then I've kind of forgotten to call myself creative. I was, I've always been like, Oh no, I'm not very creative because I wasn't doing, I wasn't drawing or I wasn't painting like I used to. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, I mean, that's a whole other conversation about creativity, but Canva has been, like, the, when I first started using it, I was like, oh, my God, what is this? This is so scary. I keep getting it wrong there's too many options and there's too much this and, oh, my God, my head was exploding and I couldn't make it do what I wanted to do really easily. Mm-hmm. But very quickly it it did start to sort of come easily and I did mm-hmm. understand, I did know how to, make it work for me and, and to play with it. And now it's one of my favorite things to do. In fact, it's I kind of call it like my playtime. So in the evenings, if my husband's watching TV or something, I'll be sitting there and I'm often playing on Canva because it's just easy. I can whip things up quite simply, but it's just really fun to actually have that um, creative outlet. Um, and it's free. Well, I, I'm on the paid version now because I literally use it so much, but um, the free version is just fantastic. So, Any tips for people who either haven't used it before or are new to using it or aren't using it to the best of its capacity?
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) Gosh, again, where do I I start? start?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, honestly, I am still on the free free version. I must say I also have Photoshop on my computer, so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm probably cheating a little bit there. (laughs) But, you know, there are always free alternatives. But, you know, in terms of... um, Look, there's still things I use Canva for. Like it's just got the best snap tools, the best alignment tools, really. So, it makes it so easy to get a great design, a really a good-looking um, simple design really quickly. Okay, so in terms of graphic design, there's my three favourite um, tips are what's your alignment, uh, make sure everything's either center aligned, right aligned, or left aligned. Don't mix them up on, in, okay. a, in a single single graphic, because mm-hmm. um, otherwise it just makes your eyes skip around so much, Absolutely. and that's really hard. People, you want to create flow in the work, so uh, in your in your graphic. So uh, yeah, if, the easiest way to create flow is to you know, really be careful about the alignment. Um, the second thing is um, using lots of negative space. That's another thing, which is just lots of space. So you've got some points of focus within your within your um, graphic, but don't have too much in there because again, that makes your eyes too. people don't have time. Or the energy to sit there and, and you know read a, you know several paragraphs of, of text that's stuck on a graph on a single graphic. Yeah. Think of it like a poster. People are scrolling past all the time, so give it lots of space to breathe and uh, make it you know a select phrase or something pop out, and people will stop and read if they need to know more. Um, and hierarchy make sure the important things stand out and make sure the less important things um you know uh more subdued or subtle in the background so like your mm-hmm. url have it on there for sure but make it kind of sit at the back yeah. and have the the main point that you want to get across big and bold mm-hmm. and that's as far as in terms of graphic design in terms of canva have a play it's, i just i just find it so intuitive like once you actually get in there and have a little play around, I just find it very intuitive, and I, I think people just probably scare themselves too much, and they start off using the templates. And I actually don't find the templates very helpful, I must say. Um, I don't know, but the thing is, I'm coming from my perspective, and I've got you know yeah you know, x number of years behind me in design, so I just I don't I always want to change stuff all the time I wanna. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd rather have my own ideas and just start from scratch mm. um um the it's funny the thing that one of the things that I, I teach in my can class all the time that people go oh wow I never knew that was this um if with nothing selected on the screen, just press the letter T and it'll drop in a text box. And people go, Wow, that's that's amazing. And I'm I'm just going, That's just so basic. It's just I don't know, it's just mm,
0: so there's shortcuts in Canva. I didn't even know <laughs>
1: about that. There, didn't you? No. Really? Oh wow. Well. Um, another really simple thing to do is if you've got some um, two or more things that you want to resize at the same time you can group them together Mm -hmm. so you can just click on one hold your shift key down and click on the next one and then you will have there's a dot on the right bottom right hand corner and just drag that out and you will resize everything all at the same time absolutely yeah um, I don't know. I've got lots of tips and tricks. <laughs> so many tips. Oh, I know there's so much stuff. Just the get basics. in there and have a play.
0: Yeah, exactly. You and I definitely agree on that, that it's um, definitely the thing that you've just kind of got to practice at and work things out. And there's been so many times in Canva and everything, but especially in Canva, that i've accidentally pressed a button and something's happened and i've been like oh that's cool i didn't know you could do that so mm, you know even mm. like undo you know there's lots of different tricks we don't need to get into oh all yeah the cool control stuff, z really, please
1: control z yes nothing's yeah, feel good <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Awesome. cool
0: um, and so in terms of design and um, consistent branding and that sort of thing, obviously we we'll yes. talked about the colours and the fonts and keeping ah, it consistent. Yes,
1: that, that's another thing in Canva. In the free version of Canva, you can have up to three of your own brand colours. Um, if you go onto the main screen where it's got all the different templates there, at the bottom on the left-hand side, there is your brand and you click on that and it'll give you the option to add in three of your brand colours. I mm. guarantee that will save you hours of time. You don't have to type any hex codes in. It sure in. does. It's very cool. Mm. And on the paid one, you can also have that with that fonts. Fonts, yep. You upload yep. your own fonts and all. And you that. can have lots of different, you know, you can have several different um, brands if you're working. You know, you might have two or three different companies that you're working yeah. with or for. Yeah. And, yep, you can have brand palettes for all of them. Mm.
0: Yeah. Very cool. It's very, very cool. I do love those hacks. Mm. Um, so... Just to wrap it up, what else, like in terms of consistency with your branding apart from graphics and I know you do a lot of work with websites and that sort of thing, is there, can you give us maybe, I don't know, your top three takeaways on how to maintain that consistent kind of brand online presence across everything?
1: Oh, my number one tip is once you have your colours and fonts um, sorted... Put them together on a one-page document, print it out, and stick it next to your computer. Now that will have your hex codes on it. It will have your font names on it and examples of your font. It can have your image style because um, that's very much part of what you' how you present yourself to your image style. So your you know your photographs are always going to be bright and. You know, naturally lit, or are they going to be soft and misty, or you know, do you have a color, particular color, kind of pitch to them, or you know, um, like any kind of overlay or something? Yeah. So that kind of stuff about your image style. Um, and excuse me. And the thing that ties everything together is your keywords. So if you have branding keywords, this is about your what you want to project out into the world, how mm-hmm. you want to be perceived. So um, um, my, for instance. Obviously, my my branding keywords include colorful. Okay, so colorful and natural and um, down to earth, and that all that stuff—they're they're what you want to present to the world. So put them in on your uh, write out those keywords and put them onto your brand style guide. And as I said, print it out, stick it next to your computer, and every time you go and find another image that you want to make a graphic with in Canva or wherever, you can check against your um keywords and go if you know you're in stock snap or one of the or pixabay or whatever it is and you go uh does that image fit with these keywords Mm. and you'll go uh no it doesn't actually and you'll keep you can keep searching having your keywords there is really really handy and it also gives you an idea of how to write when you're writing stuff like Mm. you know if if my keywords include something like natural and down to earth i'm not going to write my about page in academic speak am i (laughs) i hope not no oh i hope not too so (laughs) see they're going to give you a really good um you know clues on on how to present yourself at every turn yeah what's your yeah yeah, I really like that and I,
0: um, I did some similar work with Emma Brownson or um, she's just been married, Emma Tatachar, and yep. she um, also talked about the same sort of thing. So understanding what your, um, what your keywords were for two kind of slightly separate and slightly like very much overlapped yep. um, sets. So how I want my clients to feel and what yep. you'll get from working with me.
1: Yep. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, Emma Weiss and I talked about this very, very, very early and I just, I think that's a really big, um, it's almost a missed opportunity because I don't think that we sort of talk about enough. We talk about purpose and our values and our um, beliefs and then it turns into our services and our core message and that sort of thing. But those key words are some serious anchoring for um for our whole business. So if you know that you want all of your clients to walk away or from every touch point, and that's not just if they're working with you, but every time that they see a photo or see an image of you on social media, check your website, see something on Instagram, whatever, if they, if you want them to feel a certain way after each of those interactions, whether they're passive or, um, active mm. it's such an it's such an important thing to have as a bit of a filter and a bit of an overlay the kind of like the spokes that hold the umbrella of your business together. Like I kind of want the, I want my clients to feel like, oh I can do this and I want them to yeah. feel supported and I want them to feel organized. So they work with me, they'll feel organized, but that's also one of the things they work with me and they'll see that I am organized. And you know yeah. that means that they will have a flowy, easy interaction, like all those sorts of things. And I think that's, that's a really really cool key point so i'm going to just pull that one out for sure because i think that's really cool yeah Uh, yeah i'm just gonna go and write them on my pin board in front of me like uh, (laughs) everywhere else but i haven't yeah yeah in front of me where i sit at my desk so yeah yeah,
1: the other thing about that is if you uh feel like your branding is cohesive you will be much more inclined to share yourself everywhere if you're if you're feeling like your brand's messy and disorganized well you're not going to shout you know you're not going to shout to the rooftops come and look at my website are you you're gonna you're just going to be really quiet and timid and and mousy about it are you because you're not proud of it so if you have something that you are proud of you share it Mm. so just a quick side
0: note before we wrap up i know um, i know you do some some uh website stuff and i think this is a really big thing that you've just touched on because how many times do we hear like you say, what's your website? And they'll go, oh, I don't really want to tell you because I've got yeah, website, yeah, shame, yeah, website shame or whatever. My thing with that, like it doesn't even have to be 100% completely all the things that you are and stand for and what you do and blah, 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 blah. It's actually almost like that less is more. So if you've got stuff on your website that no longer is relevant, serves your purpose, informs your tribe, just delete mm. it. You don't even have to necessarily replace it with an equal value of word mm, count mm-hmm. or anything if, if it's... If it's not relevant anymore, take it off. If it's a little bit ugly, that's fine. Like we can deal with that as long as it's consistent voice and brand. It doesn't doesn't need to be the flashiest, most amazing website for us to connect with you. Yeah. Um, But if there's stuff on there that um, you see on the website, and one thing that I find really disconcerting is when you see a photo on someone's website, um, uh, like a a portrait of the person, and then you talk to them or you meet them in real life and they look really different, that for me is like their number one
1: Mm-hmm.
0: because you go oh I, I wasn't expecting you to look like that and even though it's only a looks thing I just feel like it's a little bit misleading sometimes and mm. I would rather know what someone actually looks like
1: than not do you know what I mean anyway it's just yeah I, <laughs> I do but again, that. I mean, that that comes down to consistency like if you're yeah. going to um have a, a professional you know uh, photo of you in a suit and you never wear suits when you're dealing with people. What's, what's the go with that anyway? That's, yeah. not, that's not being consistent. That's not being yeah. true to your brand. Yeah.
0: Or even like a photo of from 10 years ago. There's a mm. um, total <laughs> digression as I always do. But there's, um, in my area, there's all those big billboards for like on the bus shelters for a, a real estate agent. Yeah. And we have met this person several times when we were looking at buying a house. And then, and after that, all of these photos started popping up. I'm like, oh my gosh, those photos would literally be 20 years old. Wow. And like they've kind of been touched up or whatever and they're in black and white. So you can't tell that it was, and maybe they're 10 years old, 10, but they just, there was such a disconnect. And I thought Mm. if I was going to buy a house, that's like a pretty big thing. I want to have
1: even more. You want to trust a real estate agent. You know what I mean? And it was
0: such a disconnection of going like, it made it, it made me think that to this person that looks and impressions were more important than the outcome or than the real life thing. And I thought, what mm. if that's what like, you know, and this happened over the course of several months where I was kind of, just always stuck in my head for some reason, but I just thought if I want to buy a house from someone who is all smoke and mirrors over here and completely different in real life mm. what's she telling me to sell this house to me and what's yeah. actually going on do you know what I mean it yeah was just like, oh, I know
1: exactly what you mean
0: oh god and so that's an extreme version obviously but mm, it, it's mm. a thing and you know I think it's a real shame but I love this sort of work that you're doing I love this message that consistency and authenticity and actually being yourself and all of that sort of thing um, mm. is probably one of the hardest things to learn and to get okay with but once you're there it makes life so much easier it, makes it sure do. does you don't have to <laughs> pretend Yep. exactly yeah, yeah. Cool
1: awesome mm. awesome
0: Julie thank you so much it was awesome chatting with you oh, so much fun Canva and totally geek out on <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. day I'm
1: sure yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but how can people find more information about you and your Canva courses and all of that sort of thing
1: yeah well I've actually just finished another round of the um, Canva five-day it's a free five-day Canva challenge but um, if you hop onto my website and uh, sign up to my mailing list you'll be informed on the next next time it's on or go over to my facebook page so you can find me at tractorgirl.com.au that's all um tractor Girl is all one word and or you can find me on facebook at tractorgirl.biz.biz lovely and we'll have all, all of those links in show notes as well yeah and
0: um yeah awesome thank you so much for coming on it was really cool having a it's chat.
1: very good fun thank you so much consistency
0: Awesome. I'll speak to you again really soon. Okay. Thanks, Claire. Bye. And that is absolutely it, my lovely. So I hope you've really enjoyed the episode. It was great fun recording that one, as it is with all of them. If you'd like to connect, I'd love to stay in touch with you. I have a beautiful Facebook group um, community at bit.ly forward slash the recovering perfectionist crew with all um, capital T, R, P, and C. I'm also, I have a massive goal this year to get 50,000 downloads on my podcast and I've got a YouTube show as well. So I'd love for you to help me out if you can by either subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. So if you want to go over and do that now, that would be awesome. If you have a couple of favorite episodes or if there's one favorite episode that you've really enjoyed, I would love you to share that with anyone who you think would get as much out of it as you have as well. And while you're in iTunes, if you can jump in and give it a review, that would be amazing. iTunes definitely helps out podcasts that have got some, some good ratings and reviews and some really interactive listeners. So I would really appreciate your help with getting to my goal of 50,000 in 2017. The show is also available over on YouTube. The links are always in the show notes, so you can um, head over there. So it's The Recovering Perfectionist on YouTube. There's a channel for that as well. So jump in and leave your comments, you can watch all of the episodes in video, so if you want to see what we look like and our crazy hand gestures and facial expressions and all of that sort of thing, absolutely jump in, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel show as well, and then you'll be kept up to date when there's some uh, new episodes that come in there. So yeah, love your support, and if you want to shoot me an email, it's hello at clairebarton.com.au always happy to receive your emails and yeah open up a conversation all right big
1: love I'll chat with you soon bye